begin this message by giving you some background. We have been looking at and studying the seven motivational spiritual gifts for seven weeks. And about midway, I began to pray and ask God, when that's over, where do I want to go with the messages? Where do you want me to speak? And what would you have me to share with the people? At that time, the coronavirus was not very prevalent. And so our situation has changed somewhat. But the message is still the same. And so I want to challenge our people to listen carefully to God's Word out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works, your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, how do we take what we've learned in the motivational gifts and apply it to our lives as we go forward. These gifts are given by God through His Holy Spirit so that we might serve Him effectively, we might serve Him efficiently. Using our gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit to do and accomplish things that we could never do and accomplish in our own strength. So we need to examine and look at what God wants us to do. I hope that many of you have learned what your basic motivational gift or gifts may be. And it helps you understand yourself better. Helps you to understand your wife or family members better. And that they would understand you better. And so relationships would be much better. I hope that it will help you to understand some of the people at work. That you might say, oh yeah, that's probably why he approaches things in that way. And then I hope that we might see better how we can serve God's church to help carry out his mission in the world. God gave us these gifts to help us to serve him in the redemption of mankind. That's what God has been about since sin came into the world. He wanted and has wanted and still wants to redeem lost people. In 2 Corinthians 5.19, <clears throat> it tells us that Christ ascended to the Father in heaven, and he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, the work that God had been about all through history to redeem man, he turned around and has given it to his church and to us as believers. So his mission of reconciliation and redemption is to be our mission. It's to be what we live for and what we are about. God's church, White Cliff Church is one of those churches, should have Christ's mission as our mission. Right? It makes sense, doesn't it? 
That's what the Great Commission is all about. God wants us to go into all the world and take the message of redemption in Christ Jesus that people might hear that gospel and that they might believe. With the time of the coronavirus spreading rapidly in our world, I think God perhaps has people's attention. And people will begin to look and ask and search out what is the meaning of life and what's it all about? And that gives us as believers the opportunity to love and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in a powerful way. Well, as Jesus began the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us how we are to carry out this mission. He uses his familiar method of teaching to tell us. And he makes it so simple and yet so complex that we sometimes lose the deeper meaning. He uses two short analogies. We are to be salt. We are to be light. So simple and yet so complex. What does that mean? Well, I thought of this analogy. If you Googled the city of Denver and you draw up a map, you will see Interstate 25 running north and south. Salt. And you will see Interstate 70 running east and west. Light. Seems simple, doesn't it? Two interstates. Then if you zoom in on that map, you begin to see lots of other streets and lots of other avenues. And you see the complexity of the map of Denver. That's the way it is with salt and light. We see the interstate of salt. We see the interstate of light. But if we zoom in, there's different meaning and different teaching for us. Like all of Jesus' teaching, there's surface meaning that seems very simple, but there's also deeper meaning. And Jesus intended for us to have to search out that full meaning. We have to zoom in on it and see what it would say to each one of us. And because we have so many different gifts in the body of Christ, you see that it spreads out and there are many avenues and ways in which we can go. He wants us to let the Holy Spirit in us, guide us in that search. With so many of us in the church having those gifts, it begins to, to spread out, it begins to cover the earth. The people who heard Jesus say that they were the salt of the earth, they were familiar with salt. They used salt in a number of ways. They used salt to preserve the meat. They didn't have refrigerators and freezers like we had. And they had to preserve the meat to be able to have the protein that they needed. And they used salt, first of all, as a preserver. They used salt to add flavor to food, the other things that they ate. And salt was so valuable that the Romans many times used salt as a sort of currency. Those who owned salt mines were very wealthy people. That means if we're the salt of the earth, we're wealthy because we have tapped into the mind of the Father. And we have all the salt that we need through His Holy Spirit. 
So what meaning can we get from such uses in Jesus' day? Well, in carrying out the mission and the ministry of reconciliation, God calls us to preserve that message, that truth, that gospel, by passing it along to other people. The coronavirus is pretty contagious. And it's easily passed from one person to another. We ought to have the salt that's within us, the truth that's within us, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can pass along to other people. And it would be so filled with the movement of the Spirit of God that it would be as contagious as this virus. But when we pass it along, then not only do I have it, but the other person has it. And then the next person has it, and the multiplication takes place, and that's the way the early church moved. They were salt, and we need to be salt today. Many things in our world will destroy life and take life from us. In Ketchikan, there are a lot of folks, a lot of young people and older people who are addicted to drugs, to alcohol, who overeat, and many other things that can take away from our lives and destroy life. But we have the Spirit of the living God within us that can give life, not only on this earth physical life, but eternal everlasting life. And God wants us to be sharing that message and passing it along and preserving that message through time. We are to preserve by reconciling people to God. Helping them to be born into the kingdom of God, become children of God. And so we have to ask the question, are we preserving God's truth by passing along? Are we engaging others who are without the message that have never been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ? We need to be doing it and we need to examine our hearts and our actions day by day. Secondly, salt is a flavoring. When you try to eat some food, particularly something like green beans, without salt, they don't taste very good. But when you put a little salt on them, they come to life and they taste really well. So as we express our service and ministry to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are to add an enriching flavor to the lives of the people that are around us. They ought to want to be around us. And they ought to see the Heavenly Father working through us, through His Spirit, touching us and enriching our lives. And so during this crisis of the coronavirus, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do? What do we do differently? How do we respond in this crisis? Well, the truth is that we can share with people can help to take away anxiety. A lot of people are fearful, anxious at this time. And our Father tells us that we don't need to be anxious in anything, but in prayer, in supplication, in prayer, with thanksgiving, we're to let the request be made known to God. So in this crisis, we can be praying for our world, praying for our nation, praying for our state, praying for Ketchikan. Praying that God would protect us from the virus. 
and being comforted by the fact <clears throat> that he's in charge. He's greater than this virus. He knows exactly when it's going to end. We don't know. But he knows exactly when it's going to come to the end. But the truths that we can share can make lives better. We can be solved. If we're not using the spiritual gifts that God has given to us, then we're not being solved. If we're not sharing the truths and touching lives, we're not being solved. We're supposed to practice social distancing. Guess what? You can text people. You can call people. You can pray people. Pray for people and pray with people. And encourage them. Enrich their lives during this time. We need to seek to discover ways that we can engage others. And as we engage others through the media, we can be salt. As salt of the earth, we're to be a godly currency. A godly currency that is valuable, and particularly at this time, the message of salvation in Jesus Christ is a very valuable currency. Many people are hungering for something and they don't even know what it is. But we have that message of reconciliation. Jesus began his ministry with that phrase, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And there are many people out there that need to repent and come to God. And we have the message of Jesus Christ and his salvation that can bring them into a faith relationship with him. The Romans used salt as a type of currency. And you hear the phrase, well, he is worth his salt. That comes from the time in which sometimes the workers were paid with salt. And they would say, well, he is worth his salt. It means he's a good worker. He has done a good job. And salt was measured out to them. Salt was very rare because it had so many different uses. And we can be useful to the kingdom of God, useful to our world, useful to our city, if we're being what God wants us to be. The salt we have is a gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. There's no other way to heaven except through Him. We have that message that the world needs. Be reconciled to the Heavenly Father. And we have to interact with other people. Now it can be done only through the media. And we have to share the salt that they need. We can encourage them. We can say, I'm praying for you. Is there anything that I can do for you? We are the salt. The life offered by Christ, the new life in Christ, the spiritual life, is invaluable. And we are rich spiritually. We are the salt of the earth. God wants us to share this spiritual wealth with others. He wants us to reach out and tell and to be salt and to show it in the actions. It says this, the salt loses its saltiness, it is worthless and it's thrown out. And so if we're not using our spiritual gifts to touch lives and to be a reconciling instrument in God's hands, then we become worthless to His kingdom. He wants us to be useful. And so we have to ask the question, what about you? Are you being sought? 
Are you being what God wants you to be? Are you sharing that message of reconciliation? And so I want to challenge you. Let's be to the salt and catch can and to the ends of the earth. Let's step up to the plate and let's hit some home runs. We can't see real baseball, but we can hit some home runs and sharing with people and seeing them come into the kingdom. We want to thrive and not just survive, right? And we thrive when we're being salt as God wants us to be. Being salt. Being useful to His kingdom and helping to reconcile people to Christ. Well, <clears throat> we've done a few things that some of you may not know about. And I'm proud of the church for what we have been engaged in. We have helped some people. We're writing a check even as we speak this morning to the shelter here, the city shelter in Ketchikan. They're running low on food and our church is making a contribution to help provide some resources to help feed those who are homeless. That's being salt in our community. That can touch lives and that says that we care. Well, he says, you are not only salt, but you are the light. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. A town that's out on a hill has so many lights that it can be seen at quite a distance. I want to share with you an illustration from my life. I, we, when I was a youth minister in the First Baptist Church in Amarillo, Texas, we had a youth camp at Camp Ponderosa outside of Colorado Springs and toward Denver. And when we finished the week of camp, we would take the young people into uh, a recreation area there in Denver, uh, sort of like Six Flags, uh, and let them have a great time all day. And then we loaded up on the buses and drove all night and got home early in the morning. Well, as we were driving east on I-70 and then turned south toward Amarillo, it got pretty desolate. And it was so dark, there was no lights anywhere, but you would begin to see a glimpse of a city or a town on the horizon. And you would drive and drive and drive at 70 miles an hour. And it would take you 20, 30 minutes or more to get there. We began to time it. We would see a car light coming toward us. And my friend was sitting in the front seat and we timed it. He's doing about 70 miles an hour. I'm doing about 70 miles an hour. And it took 20 minutes for us to pass each other. That's how far we saw the light off in the distance. So a city cannot be hidden. If it's on a hill and it has lights, it can't be hidden. God wants us here at our church, at White Cliff Church, to be that kind of light that's set on a hill and shining. We're on the side of the hill, and the question is, are we shining as we should? I met a number of people in Ketchikan <clears throat> having been here a number of months now, who had no idea where White Cliff Church was or First Baptist Ketchikan. I would ask them and they'd say, I know I don't know where that is. That shocks us a little bit because you'd think anybody in Ketchikan would know where the church is. But a lot of people don't even know. 
Why don't they know? Is it because our light is not shining as it should, private enough in the community that everyone would know where the church is? Well, we have to ask that question. We want to let our light shine. We want the light of White Cliff Church to shine in this community and on out into the world that it makes an impact for the kingdom of God. The second analogy is that of a lamp in a dark house. It's placed on a high lampstand so that it, the light that is shed is visible to the whole house or the whole room. What is the purpose of light? <clears throat> well, light dispels darkness. You go into a dark room, you flip a switch today, and an electric light comes on and the darkness disappears. Light dispels darkness. If we're the light of the world, then what are we to do? It means that wherever we go, we are light that dispels the darkness, the evil that's in this world. And we reconcile people and help move them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light by sharing the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ and salvation through Him. What happens if that lamp is placed under a bowl? If the light is hidden, it's not doing what it's intended to do. Jesus said if you take that lamp in the room and you place it under a bowl, under a bushel basket, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But if you take that light and you put it on its lampstand, High in the room, it gives light to all the room. White Cliff Church needs to be such that we are a light that can't be hidden. We're sharing the light of Jesus Christ all over the city. We have to ask the question and examine, are we doing what we need to do? I've grown to love the people of this church, and this is a good, healthy church, and I'm excited by that. But we have to continue to challenge ourselves to be better than we've ever been before. We can't settle in and just be doing the things that we've always done. We've got to look at things in a different way, from a different perspective, and begin to see what God sees. God sees a lot of hurting people here in Ketchikan. God sees a lot of lost people here in Ketchikan. And if we're not seeing hurting people, and if we're not seeing lost people, then we don't have the eyes that God wants us to have. I have to ask you if you're being the light that God wants you to be. If you're being a part of a church that is sharing the light. And I have to ask myself that same question. Am I being the light that I need to be? Sometimes the light takes strange shapes like a pastor coming out in his pajamas to make you laugh. At a time when people are a little bit sad. Sometimes it's a deeper message like this one that is challenging you to be more than you've been before. The light needs to shine brightly in the darkness. And we have to ask these tough questions about salt and light if we're going to thrive as individuals and as a church. God wants us to be reconciling people to Himself. What's the reason for letting our light shine is so that people may see the good things that are coming out of the life we have in Jesus Christ and they will give glory to God. 
when a person is born again, we had a man that was born again about a week and a half ago and baptized last week. And when he prayed and invited Christ into his life, things changed. The light of Jesus Christ came to live in him and he is a new person in Christ. Well, we have to participate. Let our lamps shine. And for the lamp to shine, sometimes we have to trim the wick. The old kerosene lanterns. I've got a lantern that belonged to my grandfather that he had before they had electricity. And it still works. But when I get ready to light it, sometimes I light it just to see it burn. You have to trim the wick a little bit, get it ready to light it, and you have to dip it down and get it be sure it's in the kerosene so it'll work. And then you light it, and amazingly it gives light in the midst of the darkness. Well, we have the fuel, we have the energy, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside each one of us. And we need to let the Holy Spirit show us how to be light, how to be salt, to be the people of God He wants us to be. In order to be what God wants us to be, we have to have a hunger to know Him. Reading and meditating on the Word of God helps to create a hunger to know Him in a deeper, more meaningful way. And during this time when we're isolated and in our homes, one of the things that you could do is to read God's Word. Just take it out and read it. And it'll give you comfort, it'll encourage you, it'll lift you up. It will inspire you to action. When we have a hunger for God, we won't be able to keep it in. It'll show. It'll be pouring itself out like a salt shaker in our community. It will be giving light like a great beacon. It will show. And our light will shine so that people see the good that God is doing through us. And they will give glory to God. Not that we get any glory, but that God gets the glory because He has changed us and made us into salt. He has made us into light. We have the coronavirus here in Ketchikan now. Just a few cases. But it's here. And we have to ask ourselves, well, how do we approach this? What can we do in light of the virus? Are there seniors, are there widows out there that need help that we can provide? There are homeless people that go to the homeless shelter and we're helping to provide some food that's needed to feed those people. We need to let our light shine wherever we go. It has to be intentional. Well, Jesus used these analogies of salt and light to make us think. That first level of the interstate that we see seems so simple. When you zoom in and you see all those other avenues and streets and roads, it becomes more complex. And so as we travel as salt, we're to spread out. Get it out of the shaker. Shake it out. Our light needs to shine and it needs to shine brightly in our community. And so the question we have to ask is, am I being the salt 
that God wants me to be? Am I being the light that He wants me to be? Well, Jesus said that to make the people that He was speaking to stop and think. And that's what we have to do. We have to stop and examine ourselves. I fall short of what God wants me to be. I strive toward that high calling of God in Christ Jesus as Paul did, but I haven't arrived. I have to keep seeking and growing and developing and being what He wants me to be. In case you can, I have to find new ways to express that differently than when I do back in Georgia. <coughs> if we sit around and say, woe is me, guess what will happen? We'll become depressed, we'll get anxious, we'll worry about everything. But if we express ourselves in loving action as salt and as light, then it will awaken those spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And we can be salt and we can be light to all of those around us. What about White Cliff Church? Do we just do business as usual? Well, we're certainly not doing that. We're having to stream the service because we don't want to meet together and take the virus out to people. But it's a call for us to be salt and light. And so we need to trim the wicks of our lamps, the lamp of this church. And my God, my job is to call attention to it and call you to be on mission, the mission of reconciling people to God. White Cliff Church has a job to do. And that job is to be salt and light in Ketchikan, in Alaska, North America, and to the ends of the earth. There's no limit to what can be done. And we're doing that, but we need to do it in a better way. My challenge to you today is, don't just say, well, Pastor, that was a good sermon, and go you merry way. My challenge to you is to decide today that you're going to be salt, that you're going to be light, that you're going to help our church be salt and light in our community and to the ends of the earth. At Christmas time, many times we gather in what we call candlelight services. And as we gather in those services, there'll come to a point toward the end where the lights are turned out and we light a candle. And we begin to pass that candle down each aisle and as we do, you can see the light reflecting off the ceiling and the walls. And eventually, when everyone in that room has their candle lit, it's pretty bright. The darkness is dispelled, it's gone, and you can see. Together, we can do far more than we can do individually. And we need to unite together in the cause of Christ. Churches in this community need to unite and minister to the people, meet needs, be salt, be light, that we can reconcile people to our Father in heaven. Will you be salt? Will you be light? That's what God wants us to be. Let's be obedient. Let's pray.